0: what's up everybody happy wednesday pastor james here welcome to the fulfill my destiny podcast in the next few moments we're going to take you to where you are where god wants you to be and ultimately fulfill your destiny let people know about the podcast we're still ironing out all the different links and places but you're here i'm here every monday wednesday friday let's jump in i want to talk about the parable of the sower I feel like this parable, right, it's been told for years. I feel like this parable is going to mean more in the days ahead than it ever has, really. Mark chapter 4, Jesus starts out immediately and says, basically, it's not for everybody. He said, this parable is on which every other parable is going to be told and, you know, not everyone's going to understand it, basically, which is crazy. I mean, you think about it. You're trying to communicate to us. You're telling us a parable and telling us right away it's not going to make sense. I feel like it's important to know that parables, especially this one, it's going to hide truth to those that don't obey, but it will reveal truth to those who obey. Why? Why is this parable in, in Mark 4:13? why is it the key for every other one? Because it's about stewardship. Now, before you think that we're just talking about finances, I will let you know you're misled. We are stewards of everything. We're stewards of relationships. We're stewards of finances. We're stewards of marriages. We're stewards of divine revelation. We are stewards of the promises of God. Let that sink in. And a lot of people use prophetic words and dreams, and they kind of overanalyze them and just try to do whatever they can to you know, make them come to pass. But reality is we don't overanalyze prophetic words. We surrender to a person. It really comes down to allowing our lives to be yielded to the Holy Spirit and to the Lord. That's how destiny fulfilled. There's so many people that make hundreds of millions of dollars off you feeling horrible about yourself. And the truth is, you don't have to. He's called you. You are called by God to do great things in this earth. You're called by God to see miracles, to see people's lives transformed, to see people saved, delivered, and healed. But how you handle prophetic words matter. I've said for years, like, the only thing I can do as a pastor, I can speak destiny, I can prophesy over you, I can open up, you know, doors, I can do all these things over you. But I can't change your response to the gospel. And your response to everything is what's going to matter. And so in Mark chapter 4, there's four types of people immediately Jesus starts telling us about the first group. So four people. The first group, seed fell by the wayside. And then the Bible says that immediately when it hit the ground, the bird came out of the air and plucked it. This group of people, well, first of all, you have to understand that, that plowing seed and soil biblically and then today's standards are a lot different, right? In the Bible, when seed was sown, you know, it, basically today you would plow a field Put the seed down, you know, get it to take root pretty fast. Well, in the Bible, they just threw seed on the ground. Seed was scattered. And if there were long footpaths or, you know, pressed down hard ground where people would travel, the seed wouldn't really get a chance to turn over. It would just clink on the top of the the ground and then a bird would come and pick it out. Right. Except the book of Matthew says uh, when the seed wasn't planted in the ground, the book of Matthew says when it didn't understand the word. Oh man, come on. The enemy came and stole the seed. That word understanding actually means learning to take place through your senses. So this first group of people, although it appears that the seed didn't really take and it got picked off, it was really about us learning that when God sows a word into our lives, we have to in our hearts, in our senses, in our ex- experience the word. We got to experience the word. We cannot believe in miracles in theory and not live it out. We can't believe in, you know, feeding the poor in theory, not live it out. And so this first group of people, you know, it ended up being stolen because it was never brought to action. So that's the first group of people, right? The second group of people in verse 16 of, of Mark 4 says that seed was sown and immediately they had no root in themselves and basically... Opposition came and snuffed out the seed. So this seed fell, even began to take root. And then as soon as opposition came, as soon as persecution and wind, whatever it is, then it got picked off. So this is the second group of people. What you need to realize by this parable is the word of God in your life needs opposition. You heard me. The word of God in your life needs opposition. Why? Because you need options or there's no basis for reward. Like, we can't live when there's no resistance. I was thinking about my kid, Isaac. He is growing up in a far different life that I grew up in, right? I mean, this dude, I call it crown molding problems. There's no resistance in his life, right? I, I took all the punches so he don't have to, right? My miracles is normal. But what I realize is resistance is incredibly helpful. So I end up being the resistance for this 10-year-old. I am. I'm the one where the friction starts. Why? Because it'd rather be me than you going out in this world and getting your lunch eaten. Because I grew up in a scenario where all I had was resistance on every front. And these kids don't have it. Their their last name's Levesque. They travel the world. They're celebrated in every circle that they're in. It's a different life. But you need opposition. The word needs to be opposed in your life. Why? Because you need to choose options. There's not a reward-based system if you're not making choices right? The Bible says that they that come to God must believe that he is, and he's a what? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's how many times you might get a word of God over your life that God says that you're going to have great wealth, and then, you know, 30 days later, you're unemployed. It happens all the time. You're going to be called to do great things, and then you turn around, and the opposite happens. Why? Because there needs to be the opposition and many times the contradiction of that word so you can lend your heart to the promise, right? If In any promise that God's given you, if you lend your heart over to the negative thoughts, you're giving your authority to the one that doesn't have it. You're being framed for a battle you weren't equipped for, meaning he wired you for promise. He's wired you for destiny. When you spend your time with unbelief and frustration, that's not even what you're designed for. You're not designed to live that way. So the first group clink, clink. The second group took root out because of opposition. In verse 18, the, the other group says the seed was sown, but then the cares of the world came and picked out the seed. There were other interests is what the Bible says. They give themselves, the Bible said, in deceitfulness of riches. And that word cares of the world means divided mind. And, you know, Jesus said, when you have a single eye, your body's full of light. That single, the word single means one voyage right? There's only one voyage, one person, one one heart. And deceitfulness of riches is a real thing, man. It's enticing. Deceitfulness of riches is ugly. That's basically going after the things of this world, man. It like, Money is an incredible tool. It's a horrible master. And when you lust after money, it's never going to work out. When you lust for obedience and to please the Lord, you'll never need financially. And that, you know, this week, actually, right now, we are in the process of training hundreds of pastors. Start a church from scratch. We're we're helping them. We're training them, and these are pastors who paid not much, but paid for a week of training. And the crazy thing is, the number one thing I have to help them with is well, one of is the financial issue. Well, I don't have enough money for a building. I don't have this. You don't. It's not money. It's obedience. When you say yes to the Lord, He will fund. Whatever you're going through, because that's how the father works. And so the fourth group in verse 20 said the seed was sown on good ground and they heard the word. And then it says to him that has an ear, verse 23, Mark four, let him hear. So here we are. We're looking at a parable that was so important. Jesus said it would be the basis on every other parable. We just went through it. Four people heard, but only one heard. Think about what I just told you. Four people heard, but only one heard. Because the last one surrendered to the word. They surrendered to the word. And then Jesus said, for the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. He that can hear, because he said, he that has ears, let him hear. He that hears, more will be given. Think about that phrase. I want to challenge you with a thought. When I started out in ministry, I was dysfunctional. I was a project kid. I was disrespectful. I was a rebel. Like nobody thought that my life would amount to anything. Then I began to let the word take root. Then I began to hear the word. Then I began to do the word. Then I began to make room in my life. And then at that point, all of these people looked at me and said, well, you're gifted. They're fools. We have to stop looking at gifting and excusing ourselves away from it and realize that it's measure. Listen to what I just said to you. The increase in many people's lives is not because of gifting. It's because of the measure that they had. And so instead of looking at my life, the people that knew me from the past and go, man, you have a great measure. Meaning, bro, you made room for this. They would rather just say, I'm gifted, so they can excuse themselves out of their own disobedience. That's really good if you just listen to what I said. So when you see more on someone's life, it's measured more. It's, it's measuring their life. And today I'm telling you to fulfill your destiny, God wants to increase your measure. God today wants to increase the measure in your life so you can now do more. So, Father, I thank you for every person listening to the sound of my voice. I pray that seed would increase. I pray that seed would grow. And I pray that this parable would have revelation for us and what we need today, because it is the basis on everything. Lord, I thank you that it is about stewardship and faithfulness. And ultimately, we say yes. Oh, man, so good. That's it for today, guys. We love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Let people know where the new feed is. We'll see you later. Thank you for rocking here with Fulfill My Destiny.